Harvey, I cannot believe this. How do you describe what this kid's done? This is amazing. Fans here are in awe here in Philadelphia. But look at Darby now. Oh, God. The dawning of a new age could be upon us as Darby Allen looks to be the champion. Oh, Jericho, Jericho, Jericho's mystified. He covers. He's on the cover. Cover. Time two count, another near fall, quite the predicament created by a man whose hands are tied behind his back. Regardless of what happens here tonight, it's coming of age for Darby Allen at four years into this sport. My God. Vince McMahon would take one look at Darby Allen and be like, nah, nah, look at him. He's not going to do anything. Not for me. Here he is in AEW. He's going to be one of the biggest stars in the company. about to make history each and every one of you we use the word revolution because this is a revolution i am nxt and i'm not going anywhere oh a little bit of the bubbly Bro. this is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in aew's way we what you call a paradigm shift. Hello and welcome to the WWE versus AEW podcast. You're listening to Versus exclusively on Neutral Wrestling. How's everybody doing? Week three. Week three of the Wednesday Night Wars are over and done with. Well, we seem to be getting quite far, don't we? Week three already. It only seems like yesterday we were previewing everything but week three is done with and breaking news AEW beat if if you're going on beat win loss records with the ratings AEW beat WWE in the ratings for the third consecutive week now but just so everyone knows both shows were slightly down around about the 10% mark. I think AEW were actually a little bit more down than NXT. Um, AEW did 1.04 million viewers. So if you think last week they did, what was it? It was about one, just below 1.2. So they've lost about 150,000 viewers this week. Um, and NXT, they did 714,000. So there is a 300,000 difference in the viewers for these two shows. So... Do you know what I mean? It's going to be hard, really, for NXT. Do you know what I mean? It's all right saying, oh, well, it's not about who wins the ratings. Clearly, it is for WWE. Otherwise, they wouldn't have moved NXT directly to compete with AEW. Um, people will say they're just trying to take viewers, which there is an element of that, which is probably why they're not like busting their ass to get like these blockbuster shows. But, however, obviously, for WWE, they don't want to be seen. That If, if you think that WWE are happy being seen as secondary to a new wrestling company, then, well, you really do not know Vince McMahon. They will not be happy with this, and they'll be trying to find a way to rectify it without completely pulling apart the NXT show. So, yeah, AEW win the ratings by 300,000, and people, like, every week, like, oh, AEW won again. 
I don't know why it's a big surprise. This is going to continue for a very long time unless something drastically bad happens for AEW. Um, so yeah, 3-0 to, to AEW in the ratings battles. Now the shows. There's been a lot a lot of talk about these two shows. I've heard stuff I agree with. I've heard stuff I disagree with. So I'm just going to give you a basis of what I thought on the two shows before we run through them. Now, AEW. Personally... It was my favourite episode of Dynamite. I preferred it to the first two. Now, we didn't get, which is the only downer for me, is we didn't get an in-ring promo. Because on last week's show, Chris Jericho's in-ring promo was probably the highlight of the show. So I do think they need to be doing this. They need to be doing the in-ring promos. Um, Obviously, they did the Cody Rhodes promo. That's caused a lot of controversy. I put on Twitter that I was listening to another well-known podcast it really, it really bugged me, right? So on this podcast, they are basically saying that why is Cody Rhodes getting the promo? It worries me that it's Cody Rhodes. It's like the Cody Rhodes show. And I'm thinking Cody Rhodes is getting the promo because he is in the world title match at the next pay-per-view that they're trying to sell. He is chasing Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, everybody knows Chris Jericho. You might have casuals who aren't, they, they, they might not be sure who Cody Rhodes is. They probably do, but they might not. So they're doing all they can to establish Cody Rhodes, telling you the story of why Cody Rhodes challenging for this title is so important to him and his family. It was great stuff. And then to the people saying, why is it Cody Rhodes? It's all about Cody Rhodes. These same people are the people who are saying, oh, just because Kenny Omega is an executive director of the show, it doesn't mean he should be losing. We should be winning every week, putting him over as a star and then when they try and get Cody put over as a star, they're saying, oh, they're making the show all about him. So it's like they can't win. If they push one of the directors, or whatever you want to call them, if you push one of them too far, these people are going to say, oh, they're only being pushed so far because it's their company. And then if you have them, on the other hand, lose, like Kenny Omega's been doing, oh, they're not booking him as the star he should be. So for me, I mean, I people, if you listen to our Neutral Wrestling podcast, you know I love a good complaint, but... I do think you need to have some balance in this. And you can't... It's like you can't please everyone. At the end of the day, people are going to complain if they push. Personally, my opinion is we should be pushing the books. Omega, Cody. The whole reason this company started is basically because the books, Omega and Cody, are so great and so over. So they should be your headliners. I don't care if they run the company. I want them as the headline act. Do you remember Ring of Honor two years ago? You'd watch a Ring of Honor show. When these guys showed up, the crowd would be going crazy. And then for the rest of the show, they wouldn't really care. So, for me, you push these guys as the top stars in the company because that's what they are. They are the top guys in this company. So, when people are complaining that Cody Rhodes is getting a three-minute video package building up to his big title match and they're saying that it's, it's stupid, nah, not for me, not for me at all. So, that was something I had to get off my chest because, well... I was listening to that podcast yesterday while I was working. I'm listening to it thinking, are you biased or something? Because it just doesn't seem... I don't want to call them biased because they are respected podcasters. I listen to the show occasionally. I'm not like a great listener like I am other podcasts. But I just thought, do you know what I mean? Have you got some ulterior motive going on there? But hey. Um, so yeah, so I, 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 say I loved the AEW show. I thought it was great. Um, I would have liked an in-ring promo. But I'm just trying to think. It seems to me like Tony Khan seems to have this idea of 
the way that you present wrestling in 2019 is not with promos. It's all about telling the stories with the in-ring action. A little bit like New Japan. Um, but obviously in New Japan, you do get the interviews post-match, which do help. So I do, personally, from a personal point of view, I would prefer more promos on Dynamite. But I'm willing to give it a chance because the wrestling is so great. And they're still telling great stories in the wrestling. I mean, look at the AEW show. Do you know what I mean? This week it was that match orientated. I don't really want to run through every show, every match, and talk about every match. But if you take the best friends versus Scorpio Sky and Kazarian match, we had Scorpio Sky with his one shoe. And it was like, they almost got this guy over as a star just from an opening tag match. Um, the Lucha Brothers, they took out Christopher Daniels. Um, so then Scorpio Sky steps up to take his place. And he was so over. I mean, he botched the finish. He did botch the finish, and he did show a little bit of immaturity, I'd say, because he, he got himself so over in this match. And then at the end of the match, he botches the finishing move, and he instead of celebrating his win, he sort of he just spends the minute after the match looking down on himself, and Kazarian, the experienced pro, has to sort of say to him, come on, come on. You don't show this to the audience. You don't show you're annoyed that you botched your finisher. You're happy that you've won the match. And eventually, Scorpio Sky does celebrate winning the match. But I wasn't so keen on that spot, I will say. But Scorpio Sky has been one of the highlights on Dynamite for me. And AEW as a whole, so far. So, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, we had a squash match where LAX went over um, a local tag team, which was fine. Um, Jericho then booked LAX versus the Young Bucks for the pay-per-view. It's going to be hard to not call them LAX. Um, we had Rio versus Britt Baker. I feel like I'm breezing through this, but as I said, I didn't really want to run through everything. Because you've all listened to all these podcasts going, I don't know, Britt Baker, she hit the drop kick. Then she dived off the top rope. Rio counted her with a kick to the face. And then Rio went for the cover. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Nothing annoys me more than that. So Rio, Britt Baker, AEW women's title. It was a good match. Um, you could see that Britt is a little, still a little bit green. She's not the most experienced wrestler. She's still a little bit green. You could see there was a few points in the match where Rio's having to tell her to get into position, which is fine. Do you know what I mean? They're all the young, green wrestlers, some of these AEW lot. And it's quite, it's quite charming. Um, but yeah, the match, Britt goes for a submission, um, and they have a great spot where Rio wouldn't open her mouth, flips her back for the pin, one, two, three, and I love these sort of pins, these flash pins that they're doing in AEW, um, so yeah, Rio retains the title, Britt Baker doesn't lose anything in defeat, really enjoyed this one, I went three and a quarter stars, as, as I've said on previous episodes, some people go, oh, he's using star ratings, Yes, I am, because it's a good base for people who might just want to check into one match to see, oh, was this a great match? So it's just easier to do that. So I'm going to do that. Um, they went to fight on the Fight TV app. We get the commercials. So it's sort of like just as a still of the building. And Aubrey got such a big pop during her entrance during the break. She just appeared in the ring and the whole crowd are going crazy for it, which was great. Now, this match, this match has been causing controversy. Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy versus the Lucha Brothers. We've all, I'm sure by now everyone's heard that Jim Cornette has called it the worst, one of the worst tag team matches in history. Everybody I'm listening to saying, oh, I don't believe how Stunt can get offence on the Lucha Brothers, how he can be kicking out of the moves. Behave yourself. It's 2019. For anyone who's watched independent wrestling for a few years, this stuff happens and it gets over. You might not be happy with it, 
but it's over. That is all that matters. Lucha Brothers, in this match for me, they are the best tag team in the world. I think genuinely think that Pentagon and especially Ray Phoenix are two of the best wrestlers in the world. They could go toe-to-toe with your old carders, with your Tanahashis. I'd love to see those matches. Um, but yeah, they're two of the best. They are a great, great tag team. And I, they just showed it in this match. This was a great match. I love this match. Seen uh, a few people down on it, but I thought it was fantastic tag team match. I thought you could see, as we said with Britt Baker, Jungle Boy was pretty green in this match. But... He still did well, and Marco Stunt, I thought Marco Stunt did excellent. Marco Stunt was great in this match. Um, he took some of the moves off the Lucha Brothers absolutely fantastically. Um, but yeah, Lucha Brothers, they're a main event act. They get the win. Great match. I went three and three quarter stars on this match. Possibly my favourite match of the two shows, so make sure you check that out. Um, this is where we just watched, for me, a great match. And I would have liked something, something they're not going to do backstage apparently but even just something but no they went straight to the next match which was Kenny Omega Hangman Page versus John Moxley and Pac now for me I would have liked something to have sort of broken this up um the entire building a chanting happy birthday to Kenny Omega who says that these big arenas can't get chance going like WWE arenas can't but they did um page hangman page was sort of the star of this match he's taking bumps everywhere he gets the pin they did a really good job with hangman here he's someone who probably needs a promo but they made him look like a star in this match so they're getting people to look like stars by booking professional wrestling that's just the way they're gonna do it it seems um yeah really good match i really enjoyed this um we got at first i was thinking why are they having omega and moxley touch each other before this big match at full gear but it worked. It worked. It really made me want to see the two. They look great together. The intensity from the two was great. Um, Moxley turned on Pack, which was nice. And um, that's setting up their match next week, which will be a very interesting match. John Moxley versus Pack. It was just great booking of the match. They set up Moxley versus Pack. They established that Moxley isn't a heel. They made us want to see Omega versus Moxley. And they sort of recovered some of the momentum that Hangman Page had lost. So great stuff. This was great. And then we go straight to the main event. This, I was saying to my friend, this was basically like a two-hour pay-per-view. It was match after match after match. But the flow of it, it was five matches, I think. Five, I suppose, the squash match, but whatever. It was just like, it was. It flew. It flew well, unlike the NXT show, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But I'm going to talk about this Chris Jericho, Darby Allen match. They made him. They made Darby Allen in this match. He's got his hands tied behind his back. Um, with the tape, and he's flying everywhere, he did this in PWG, but on a, on like in front of a big audience, a big arena audience, it was great, oh, Darby Allen, Darby Allen is going to be a star, if he was in WWE, he'd be, he'd be winning three minute matches on NXT, not doing anything, he might be a, Vince McMahon would take one look at Darby Allen and be like, nah, nah, look at him, he's not going to do anything, not for me, here he is in AEW, He's going to be one of the biggest stars in the company. That is why a lot of people are siding with AEW if you're choosing to side. Darby Allen, absolute star. The way they've made him. People weren't even excited for the signing of Darby Allen. You might have had a few Evolve fans in the corner excited for this. But look at him. He's one of the most exciting acts on the show. He just he reminds me of a young Jeff Hardy. He really does. He's absolutely... He, he's only been wrestling for three or four years. Um, this guy is... 
think he's going to be, he might not be around for a long time with the way he wrestles, but he's going to be a star in this company. 22 years old, and he's wrestling a great match with Chris Jericho. It was just brilliant. Chris Jericho, you know, he still can't go at the same pace he used to, but he doesn't have to at his age. He's got the wrestling brain for this. The way, the way he works, some of the spots with Darby Allen, the match he obviously laid out, was just great. Everything that happened in this match should have happened. It got Darby Allen over. Chris Jericho obviously retained the title. Um, you sort of maybe set up Jack Hager, Jake Hager, sorry, um, and Darby Allen for the pay per view, which is great. Um, so yeah, Darby Allen loses, but Chris Jericho wins, and in the process gets Darby Allen over as a future star of the company. We're three weeks in. They've got Scorpio Sky over as a star. They've got Darby Allen, Marco Stunt, Luchasaurus, who wasn't on the show. They're doing an excellent job. You might people are saying, "Oh, people are crying because they're not having promos." Listen, I want them to have promos, but I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt at the moment with it. Do you know what I mean? They're still getting... They've got stars over in three weeks of television and you're complaining and saying, oh, I'm really worried they're not having promos and stuff. They're telling this with their wrestling and great booking about these stars. They're getting their stars over with great professional wrestling booking, not via promos. It might not be the route we're used to, but it's the route we're going to have to get used to. Um, so, yeah, it's a great match, great show. Really, really good show. It flew. I watched it yesterday morning before I went to work. Didn't stay up for this one. But I say I loved it. It flew so quick. Unlike NXT, which we're going to talk about now, this was the worst two-hour NXT show I've seen. There was still some good matches on the show, but I'm just going to read to you. In two hours of television, two hours of television, minus adverts, it's about an hour and a half, we had eight matches I didn't need it. I didn't need to see eight matches in two hours. We had Champa versus Gaza, Lorcan and Birch versus Imperium, Io Shirai versus Caden Carter, Lee Dijak, I'm not calling him Dijakovic, Matt Riddle versus Bronson Reed, Tegan Knox versus Tyonora Conte, Killian Dane versus Bowrat. The seventh match on the show is a Killian Dane squash match. Don't want to see it. Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest, formerly known as Punishment Martinez. This I did want to see. This was a good match. Really enjoyed this match. Um, but as I say, do you know what I mean? There's like four squash matches. They're not squash matches. They're like sort of like back and forth two to three minute matches. And I didn't need to see it. Like, fair enough, we're saying I can't really say, oh, AEW can book it through great professional wrestling. They're doing this, yeah? What are WWE doing? WWE are sort of known for their entertainment promo side of it. And we're not seeing it. We're not seeing it. What? I, I'm not sure what NXT are actually tr going for here. Eight matches in a two-hour show with no in-ring stuff, like promos and stuff. It is, it's mind-boggling to me what they're trying to do. They're basically copying the sort of route that AEW are taking, but it's not what they're used to doing. It's not what they do best for me. They just need to go out there. In the one-hour shows, there would always be an in-ring promo. Always. So in a two-hour show, you can't have zero. You can't just have a match after... When, when I've watched... I've just watched six matches, yeah? I've watched a Matt Riddle match against Bronson Reed, which is just to get Matt Riddle over in two or three minutes. I then watched a Tegan Knox tyonora Conte match, which is just to get Tegan Knox over in two or three minutes. 
And then after I've watched these two matches, just purely to get someone more over, get them a win, I do not need to see a Killian Dane versus Boa match. I just don't. Just cut it out, please. Um, the matches I did like on the show, it was good to see Champa back in action. Um, the Lorcan and Birch versus Imperium match was great. I love this match. Two great teams. Um, Lee Dijakovic, Dijak was what it was. And we had Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest, which was possibly the best wrestled match on either show. So, yeah, do you know what I mean? We're getting really good matches, and I did enjoy bits of the show, but the stuff in between, I just, I don't need it. I don't need, I've just watched Dynamite. I don't need eight matches in a two-hour show. So that is basically my biggest critique from NXT, is just the pure amount of matches. It, it's not needed, guys. Not needed at all. Um, but yeah, let, let's talk about the Pete Dunne match. The Pete Dunne Damian Priest match was really good. Um, it was great to see these guys get the main event. I was a big Punishment Martinez fan in Ring of Honor, so it's good to see him getting what he deserves. It what he deserves in NXT. Um, I always used to say I could see him being a star in WWE. He's got that sort of look. I can't see him being in NXT for long. He'll be on the main roster before long. Um, but yeah, so that's the NXT show. I don't want to go match for match for match and give all my thoughts on everything, but. Do you know what I mean? We, I'm complaining, and we've seen probably six, maybe seven really good matches on a Wednesday night in October. So, can't complain. I would like a few alterations, maybe to AEW. As I said, I'm willing to give them more of a chance because that might just be how they see professional wrestling to be booked. But if you watch NWA Power, you still can have a great promo on the show. You still can have great interviews on the show. It helps. It helps you transition from match to the next match. Just a nice little interview. Even throw a little video package in. It helps transition. It just it just does. It just does. Do you know what I mean? Even throwing something backstage. Like when they showed LAX come to the ring. They showed them backstage. That was a nice little transition. We need these transitions in from match to match. Um, so yeah. Now... I don't really have a lot else to say. As I say, it was just pure wrestling. There's not really a lot of the segments to talk about. Um, I will say I think the crowds on both shows were great. Really great crowds, very loud. Um, that was perfect. It it was a good night of wrestling, wasn't it? Um, I think you can probably tell the, who the winner of the week is going to be. And the winner of the week is clearly AEW Dynamite. They had a killer show and I didn't really like the NXT show that much, I did like some of the matches on NXT, but as I've said, as a show overall, it's not something I'd go back and watch, where that AEW Dynamite show, I was sat there last night thinking, oh, should I, should I re-watch some of this, so clearly for me, the winner of the week is AEW, so yet again, in the ratings and in show quality, AEW are 3-0 to zero ahead of NXT, and um, Hopefully there's no WWE fans who think I'm being biased because I'm not I'm not being biased whatsoever with that. Um, I thought the NXT show was really good last week, um, but this week for me, it just wasn't. For me, they need to start the next takeover. I think we've got about six weeks for the next takeover, so hopefully in the next few weeks we're going to be getting um, do you know what I mean? some build towards that. Um, so hopefully that will be a bit more interesting feud-wise. And th these shows are sort of reminding me, remember in the back in the day when they had Raw pay-per-views and SmackDown-only pay-per-views? And after a Raw-only pay-per-view, you'd have, say, eight weeks before Raw were back on pay-per-view. So you just have sort of canon matches. It's basically like what NXT's been these last this last week. Um, but yeah, so what have we got to look forward to next week? Next week, we've got on a the AEW side, as I mentioned earlier, we have got John Moxley versus Pac. 
We've got two tag team tournament matches. Uh, we've got Britt Baker in her hometown. And as well as that, we'll see the Young Bucks in action. So Dynamite should be good yet again next week. I think it's from Pittsburgh next week. Uh, the hometown of Britt Baker. NXT, they've... I'm not really... I'm doing this. I've not got any notes for this, by the way. Um, I think NXT, they've got... They built up for the Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee versus Dijakovic match. So that should be good. And... Um, I'm not sure what else they've got on the show. But yeah, the triple threat match should be good. The AEW card is good. Um, one thing I want to touch on, actually, and I'm going to go back and say she's proved me wrong. Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix has improved greatly on commentary. She really has. Didn't like her in any of these May Young classics uh, in previous years. Didn't like her when she first got on NXT. I was thinking, oh... When she spoke, I'd just be like, oh, what is she going on about? She is doing a really good job on commentary. Honestly, if they're looking for a commentator on Raw and SmackDown to replace Renee Young, I don't want to jinx it because she might be horrible next week. But these last three to four weeks on NXT, she's been really, really good. So well done to Beth Phoenix for improving. Well done to me for being able to change my opinion. I'm only joking. Um, so, yeah, so that was the two shows. That was AEW and NXT. To recap, AEW was great. NXT had some good stuff on it, but as a show for me, it just didn't quite cut it. So, AEW, winner of the week for the third consecutive week. We will see you next week. Um, I just want to say thanks, by the way, to everyone who's been listening to these shows. Um, we're doing really good numbers. I'm really, really satisfied with the numbers that we're getting. Um, I hope, obviously, for these solo podcasts, do you know what I mean? You don't want someone going on for about an hour, two hours when they're on their own. Um, personally, I prefer podcasts, I'm going to be honest, where there's two people, but this was just something I wanted to do on my own. Um, it's harder to get people to commit. You know, you've got to squeeze in both shows in one night and record the next morning. So it's quite, I'm going to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I am basically missing an hour of work to record this. Um, so I will not be getting, I'm losing £20. 20, 25 pound, whatever, to record this podcast, so, yeah, do you know what I mean, some people you just can't expect to do that, um, but yeah, I want to say thanks to everyone who's given the chance to listen, uh, support the show, if you can retweet our tweets, that'd be great, um, yeah, if you just support the show, give us a five-star rating on Apple, um, yeah, it's all appreciated, as I say, I just wanted to do a week-by-week -week documentation of the Wednesday Night Wars, AW versus WWE, I'm doing my best to do that, hope it's making for an entertaining show. Um, I will be back next week for week four of the Wednesday Night Wars, AW versus WWE. The name of the podcast is Versus. Hope you've enjoyed the show, everyone. And yeah, see you next week. Um, I just wanted to connect with you on what's coming up this week because I don't think we've had a chance to do that yet. Um, we've got another swing at the LA media. KTLA is going to be 9 a.m. Right after that will be Cheddar, so that will be about 10. Back to the hotel for about 11, and then it's going to be interviews from there. Oh, and you have that phone on that call with you? Sure. My husband Cody is the single most passionate person I've ever met. As soon as Cody told me that he was gonna challenge Jericho for the title, I knew. We were just going to lose him for this period of time. I know Cody. I 
since he was 12 years old. And he was as driven back then as he is right now. He drove himself athletically, academically, to do the best he could in whatever he was interested in at the time. He is the face of this company. However, he's not the champion. And I know for a fact that that's something that bothers him because he wants to show to the world that him leaving the other place uh, was not a mistake. When Chris Jericho gets to Baltimore, he has to prepare to wrestle one match. When Cody gets to Baltimore, he's probably already had several meetings leading into the day, probably several meetings that day, while Chris Jericho's thinking about one thing, defending his title and stomping the legacy of the family roads and of Cody specifically. It makes it harder uh, when you're somebody's son because you're always compared. I think he's been able to get out from under it by just being himself. I think he is as focused on Chris Jericho as he is anything else he's done because that's just the type of person he is, type of athlete he is. Cody's already done so many things that are literally unprecedented in this business. But in the words of the American dream, there's only one thing real in this business, and that's that first world championship title. Until you get it, there's always something missing, no matter what you've accomplished. This is literally everything. I can't stress that enough. This is ev this means everything to Cody. He's not just a guy who has a great family legacy and a guy who's an EVP of a, of a major company in pro wrestling. He is a great professional wrestler. He's talented in the ring. And that's why he deserves this title shot, and that's why he's getting it. I believe Cody's got to shell his EVP title, become Cody the wrestler again. Come November 9th, history will be made and a legend will be born. Winning that championship belt, it would be the pinnacle of his career. He needs this. This is absolutely everything to him. He won't rest until he beats Chris Jericho.